episode yes and it's on all streaming platforms it's on youtube if you really rock with us if you really support black business and support black men you're going to subscribe you're going to share you're going to like that for us but we're going to start it off we got the big three here tonight one of our members he is out on a personal day greg mr hot takes sends me how you doing tonight i'm good bro <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I'm looking at these hardened stuff, these hardened videos that Miles keeps tagging us in, and I'm not. I'm not happy about it, but I'm good overall. I'm good overall. Miles, I'm so New York, Davenport. How you doing tonight? I don't. I don't feel that way tonight. They they got smacked by the the open season Pacers. I was gonna ask about that. I was gonna ask about how that game went. I didn't watch the. I didn't finish it. I didn't go. I left, but. It was awful. I at least, it. at least, Obi did it East Bay, right? Since that's what matters. Right, and they still lost by like thirty. <laughs> well, we got the. I guess when we have us, just us three on the show, you might as well call it the Lady Bunch. All of us have ways on the, uh, on the show that's here right now. Our last member, he's still working on that. You know, we gotta <laughs> keep him in here, uh, but. Something that we all know growing up, keep it simple, stupid, kiss. And that is what New England did. We have to start the show talking about those Patriots who are now the number one team in the AFC. They win 14 to 10, a very ugly, disgusting game to watch, ugly, disgusting game to play in. 49 possessions for New England. 46 were run plays, three pass attempts for Mac McCorkle Jones. Mm -hmm. Was this more of Bill Belichick's genius or the Bills shooting themselves in the foot? You know, Bill's coach definitely came out and was like, we're not giving credit to Bill. Y'all need mm -hmm. to hop off his bandwagon. We did it to ourselves. What was y'all takeaways from this one? Bill's smart enough to dumb things down. That's 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 that's, a, that's all I that's all I took from it. I, I remember talking to my dad before the game happened, and I just literally I told him I was like, "This is the kind of game the Patriots win, like, like, uh, like seven to three. Like that that's the kind of game it'll be, and they're going to run the ball forty times, and they're going to win ugly. And that's exactly what they did. And they have a great offensive line. It was from the beginning you could tell you saw how the game was going to go. That style fit the Patriots better than it fit the Bills, so it's not surprising. But the funny thing about the, the, fun, the funniest thing about this whole thing is me is McDermott after the game saying that Bill deserves no credit. 
I think they're like, I think since Bill's gotten there, like they're like 37 and three versus the Bills all time. And since McDermott's been the coaches, they're like six and two. I think those are the those are like rough estimate numbers, but that's what it is. Someone can fact check me on it. But that's you can't you can't come out and say Bill gets no credit about this game when you get beat by them pretty much 95% of the time you guys play, Bill's winning. One way or another, whether it's whether it's sunny, whether it's a hailstorm, whether it's whether it's a whether it's a nor'easter, they beat you one way or another. So I'm not surprised. It is obviously more about Bill Belichick and, and what they're doing there, but I, I it's not even so much about he's a genius because he understands what football's about. Football's about, hey, can I impose my will on you? I'm gonna run the ball, I'm gonna keep you out of my end zone. I'm gonna run the ball, I'm gonna impose my will on you, I'm gonna push your guys back, and I'm gonna get in the end zone by any means, by any means necessary, even if it means I throw the ball three times. And on the other side of that, I'm not letting you get into mine. I'm, I'm not, I'm gonna, my defense is gonna keep you out of there. Well done by the Patriots. And they're a Super Bowl contender. It's real. It's a real thing. But let's hope McCorkle doesn't mess this up because I, I don't fully trust him yet. But it, it really does feel like 2001 Patriots, like Tom Brady's just coming into the league. They're, they're, they're managing his pitch count. He's not really allowed to throw the ball down the field right now. They're kind of making sure he doesn't mess the game up and ask him, asking him to make plays when they need it, just when they need it. So the guy's a genius. I, I, I don't like Boston. Everybody knows it's well documented on this podcast. I hate Boston. I hate Boston with everything I am. But they they deserve credit. They're a Super Bowl contender. Speaking to that, Peyton Manny wanted to interview Mac Jones. Mm-hmm. The Patriots declined that. And they the last time they did that was the same year that Tom Brady was there when he first started off. And the Colts did the same when Peyton Manny was starting off. So they're trying to keep him locked in, keep him focused. On the flip side, Miles, what does it say about the Bills? This is now, what, three straight games they've had where teams were able to get at least 200 yards rushing on them. The Colts was able to do it. They struggled against Patriots. What is it saying about their squad, the Bills? I mean, I think the Bills, they're not as good as they were last year. I don't want to say teams have figured them out, but, like, in a way, kind of, because Josh Allen's not being as productive as he was last year, and they still don't have a run game. And that game on Monday night was one of those games where you kind of – you had to run the ball because that win was so strong. How are you going to – I mean, Josh Allen has a strong arm, but, I mean, as we can see, if not for that turnover that gifted them that, that touchdown, they only had three points pretty much in that whole game. So they didn't really do anything to affect the game. Josh Allen didn't, couldn't do anything against that defense. And I mean, the Bills defense isn't all that either. Like if they're giving up that many, it was predictable. Like they showed their hand, the Patriots early in the game. Like we're going to run it down your throat. We're going to pound it right behind the line. And if you stop us, all right. We got a good defense that's going to stop you too. But they gave up a couple early runs and that pretty much sealed the game early. But I don't know. They're not out of it. They're seven and five right now. And I don't know how they fix it, but I mean, the running game is a big issue. It's always, I mean, Greg's been saying it for a while now that they need a running game and if they want to keep treating Josh Allen like the the white Cam Newton, they could do that, but it's not going to work. It's not going to work. 
that's it. That's the problem. They don't want, they can't run. Sean McDermott wants to run the ball and the offensive coordinator is like, yo, we're not built for that. Like we're not built for that at all. We can't, I, we can't, we can't do that. We have to put the ball in Josh Allen's hands and hope he can win us a game. And they did it in the worst possible conditions. I know Josh Allen could throw the ball a country mile, right? Like I know he can do that, but it's the, the wind gust was gusting like 43 miles an hour. They almost blew a Booger McFarlane who's like twice the size of Zion off the set. And, and you're trying to throw the ball into that. It don't make any sense. So how is that like? And they were trying to that they were really trying to throw the ball like for real. So it, it, it tells you everything you need to know. They can't run. They don't have a running back of note at all. Like their running back game, their running game is horrible. Their, their running back room they have there is not impressive. The best athlete they have running the ball is Josh Allen, and that is the problem. That's the problem with that team, and that's why they're not going to go very far. And it's weird because I said the Cardinals were the team that couldn't run the ball, and that's why I didn't believe in them to start the year. And it's the exact opposite. It's like it's like the Cardinals can run the ball. They do it. They they can play any style you want to play. They're perfect. They really are a perfect football team. And then on the other side with the Bills, they they just can't seem to do it. And I thought they would have a running game. I'm surprised. But you know, I'm not I'm not I'm not mad about it. I'm no Bills fan, so it is what it is. But I, the, the Miles' point is exactly it. They don't run the ball, and they're going to lose this weekend too against the Bucks. It's going to be the same thing because Bucks can run. Bucks can throw. They can't do it. They can only throw. They're they really and, and it works against a bad secondary, but you're not beating Tom in a shootout. I just don't think you are. Yo, so we have the Patriots winning. We're looking in the AFC, a huge game, not really exciting, but a huge game that happened was with a lot of playoff implications. The Ravens still is game. The Ravens lose 1920. Lamar Jackson doesn't play that well. Ben Roethlisberger actually plays well. We're going to start off with Pittsburgh. Is there some hope in Pittsburgh now? Does Ben actually have a little bit left in his tank? What was your takeaways looking at how Pittsburgh played? And Ben, 21 for 31, 236, two TDs, only sacked one time, no interceptions. It was a gutsy win. I'll give him that. Um, I definitely didn't expect them to beat the Ravens, but I mean, Lamar didn't play his best game. He kind of let them stay in it the whole game. I don't think that they're contenders for a playoff spot. I mean, we'll see what happens next, but I don't know. I don't believe in Ben as much as, you know, Steelers fans might. <laughs> Steelers fans don't believe in him either. <laughs> <laughs> Steelers fans don't believe in him either, but it, it's a it, it's a nice win. The the Ravens are really limited, and what and it's really it boils down to offensive line play. They, people want to talk about. I saw I saw Dan Orlovsky post a video of the route concept on a certain play that these guys ran and how they gave Lamar Noir throw the ball and, and fine you can do all that that's cool. But at the end of the day, when Pittsburgh chose to do an all their all out blitz, their famous pat- patented all out blitz. Lamar, there was nowhere for Lamar to run. And you have TJ Watt breathing down your neck. What are you going to do? I mean, honestly, I was impressed with Lamar. I thought it was a great, I thought it was a great game for him. Like I, I know he didn't play, you know, the stats don't say it. Yeah, I know that. But that that last drive, just we you texted in the group chat when it was happening and you were talking about it. And I, I was, I was, I just knew the whole time. It was like third and 14. He big throw. Hit him. Then then the, then I think it was third and goal. Big a big time throw over the defender to Sammy, uh, Sammy Watkins in the back of the end zone. Like that guy's great. That guy's great. And as long as they have him, they'll be relevant. This year doesn't matter so much. It's an accomplishment to get to the playoffs. It, it, it really is. They've lost uh, Marcus Peters. They've lost Marlon Humphreys in that game. He's out for the rest of the year. They lost all their running backs. And they're still here. 
Lamar is still my MVP. He won't win it because, you know, people are going to do, they're going to, they're going to give it time because that's the, that's the, that's the thing we want to do. I, 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 don't, I don't have to say any more about it, but they'll give it a time. That's fine. Whatever. But it's Lamar is the MVP. Lamar is the MVP of this year. And Ravens fans should be proud of the, the fact that this team has a quarterback that is that great, that can overcome those kind of circumstances. In football, you don't, there's not many times you have a singular talent that great that can, that can rise above the team's shortcomings. And that's what he does. With no run game, with no real offensive line, you're going to be one of the top seeds in the AFC and in the playoffs. And I'm cool with that. You, after all, you could be a Giants fan. You could, you could be, you could, you could suck. So I, I, you know, you should be happy about the fact that you're, you're in that position. It's a blessing that, and you have that quarterback for the next 10, 15 years. It's crazy. I, I feel good about the Ravens. I don't feel like it's some crazy loss. They'll be fine. I feel bad for them though, because at the same time, they're asking Lamar to do way too much. Yeah. He's putting yeah. everything on his shoulders. Like he's got to drive you down the field he's the leading running running back on your team it's like he needs a little help here yeah you got Mark Andrews you got Hollywood Brown but besides Andrews all those guys are complimentary pieces like he needs more help the O-line's been beat up lately with a lot of injuries coming up and we'll see like this is the last year that he's gonna be on his rookie deal because that that contract extension's looming. Like he's gonna get that probably this offseason. So you try to win. The main goal in the, the NFL is you try to win when you have a, a quarterback on his rookie deal. And that window's kind of closing a little bit because now you're gonna have to pay him big bucks. That's gonna, you know, shrink your cap a whole lot. So I think there's a lot of pressure on Lamar to try to, you know win and make a little run here in the playoffs. So I like the call, the, the going for two at the end. I thought it was gutsy. And that's kind of how Harbaugh has been with Lamar. Like he puts so much trust in him and I love that about him, but they should have just tied it up, gone to overtime. Cause I still think Lamar would have gotten it done. Like if they won the toss, I don't think they would have had to worry about giving the ball back. Yeah. yeah. The thing that was crazy about that, Steelers, they score, do their thing. And as Greg said, we've seen it all season. Lamar is in that same category where we were talking about, yo, you left too much time on the clock for Mahomes, for Brady, for Peyton Manning. Shoot, even sometimes Eli Manning. He's in that same. I don't care. Yeah. He's <laughs> in that same, same category because watching it, it was no thought in my mind that they weren't going to drive the ball down the field. It was no thought in my mind that Lamar wasn't going to make it happen. I agree with Miles. I wanted to win for two just because all we needed was the ball on OT. Lamar would have got the ball. They would have scored out of it. I didn't think they had anything left in the tank. Steelers, that was deflating for them to drive down the field and do that anyway. I think it would have went that way. You get the win get to stay because I think that team they're going they need to try to have a hot the highest seed as possible to have at least that week off for some injuries and everything to get cleared up because that that's a team that needs to get healthy they don't need to be wild card and then trying to go in a deep playoff run it's not it's not gonna work it's too much on his shoulders and shout out to him for not even getting injured as of yet to miss a game because he got a lot on that that man has a lot on his plate going into 
some of these week 14. We got a, a couple of big matchups, playoff implications everywhere. Pittsburgh at Minnesota. How do you see this one going out? Does Pittsburgh get another win to try to, you know, get into that wild card spot or it's kind of curtains for them here on out? This could be the best spot for them. You know, Minnesota coming off that devastating loss. I don't know if they'll be over that in one week because for them to lose to the Lions on the last mm. play of the game, mm. one, it's embarrassing because the Lions suck. Like, I'm a Jets fan, but they suck. Like, they're not <laughs> good at all. So the fact that they lost the way they did, just letting them go like 80 yards down the field like it was nothing. I think the coach should have been fired on Monday, but they'll they'll let him ride out. But he'll get he'll get and, fired though. Yeah, he's gonna get fired. He'll, yeah, he'll be a defensive fired. coach somewhere next year. But um, I think Big Ben, he's you know, he's got a little something left in his arm. It, it's real Chad Pennington like, but I think he could do something out there. So as long as I mean, the Vikings are pretty banged up too. They don't have Dalvin Cook now. They don't have Adam Thielen. And they got a couple guys on the defense banged up too. So I think that's also going to give Pittsburgh an advantage. So I think I'm taking Pittsburgh with this one. This is the kind of game that Kirk Cousins loses historically throughout his career. It's the kind of game he loses. He loses these big games late in November, December. This is when Kirk Cousins shows you that he sucks. This is it right here. It shows that he's average. This is it. So, yeah, I expect Pittsburgh to win. I told y'all a couple weeks ago I thought Pittsburgh was going to get in the playoffs. I thought just because just because of who they are, just DNA. I think that Tomlin's a really good coach. I think they got a winning formula. The offensive line's playing great football. They put, they get holes for Najee Harris, and Ben has enough juice to get it to these guys on short little routes and dink and dunk up the field. He can still do that. So yeah, but you know, I, I think you know Pittsburgh fans are gonna get ready. This is they're gonna have a season where they're gonna have a Jameis Winston as their quarterback next year. It's and the bridge year, so that'll be it'll be a time of transition for them real soon. So I, I mean, enjoy, I guess. The, the last the, the last breath that Ben has left because you're gonna have like Jameis playing for you next year and, I, and that's probably better it's better but you know we'll see I, I I have my concerns yeah Pittsburgh is six and five Buffalo is seven and five Cincinnati is seven and five who just came off a loss we talked Bad about loss. Him. of course he missed the show today but terrible loss of course he, he missed the show that was terrible I don't trust them at all that's why stupid team Exactly. So they might right now the six and the seven seed for the playoffs. AFC is the Bengals and Buffalo. Buffalo very well might lose this week. Pittsburgh might win. They move up at least for one week. Pittsburgh might be in the playoffs at the end of week 14. Speaking of Buffalo, we got Buffalo at Tampa. You already alluded to it. Tampa's winning. How do you see this one going? Is it even going to be close. We're looking at a shootout. How is Buffalo at Tampa going? Shootout. If they feed off of their coach, then Buffalo might have something to show. Because I actually like the coach. Like he brings fire. And it's something that needs to be done. Like they've lost a couple games now, and they're out of first place. They've been in first place for basically the last year and a half. And now you know, Patriots are back in town. So. Mm-hmm. This is one of those things where this is a must win. You can't go and lose to Tom Brady, but I mean, a lot of people have said that over the years and I don't think they'll be successful. Even though they don't have Antonio Brown, they still have Leonard Fournette who's balling out right now. 
They still got Mike Evans, Chris Godwin balled out last week, and Gronk is back healthy. So that offense has so much firepower. The Bills couldn't stop Damian Harris and and Mac Jones throwing three passes. Then I don't think they're going to be able to stop Tom Brady and the boys this weekend. So regardless of Tom Brady's defense is good or not, I think Tom Brady showed that he can get the job done regardless. Yeah, Leonard Fournette, that man's been balling, running and catching passes out the backfield. Trust me, I know he's on my fantasy team. That man has been doing very well for my fantasy team. Tom Brady has been doing a good job. Antonio Brown has been out, but he's been finding Mike Evans and Gronkowski, who also is on my fantasy team. So we've been, I've been doing really well with Tampa. I'm going to need you to lose this week because I'm in like fifth place. If somebody loses ahead of me, I'm in. So I'm 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 not rooting for this week. I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> Anything you want to add to this Buffalo Tampa game, Greg? I, I think it's gonna be a shootout. I think it's gonna be a shootout. I think Tom. I, I think I think the Bills have a chance because of how bad the secondary is. I think the secondary is so bad that might be the only reason why the the Bucks don't end up in the Super Bowl. But um, yeah, I I think it'll be a shootout. I think that Tom. We'll pick apart that defense on the other side because they can run the ball. They can play action off of it. They have weapons all over the place. They're a great offensive team. And then the secondary is something that Josh can t- Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs can, t- can have fun with and take advantage of. So, and they, they got the, they got the anti-vax guy, what's his name? Cole Beasley. And they got, you know, they got yeah. the Dawson Knox. They got all these guys. They got guys that can throw the ball too. So I think it'll be a, a fun game, but ultimately a game that, the Bucks will win because the Bucks can control the ball with the run game and they can control the clock with their run game and, and lead clock and the Bills can't. So ultimately it'll be a game that the that the Buccaneers win if they don't mess this up. But I, I don't I don't think they will. Good teams like that don't lose. Teams that good don't lose in December. They just don't. Ravens at Browns. We already talked about how the O-line is banged up. The Browns have a pretty good rush. How do you see this one going? Do Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, are they able to get back into a groove. I would say so. Uh, I, I mean, I don't I don't trust Baker Mayfield from what I've seen. I haven't seen anything that indicates he's going to play better football. So, I mean, I know that I know the Ravens are banged up and this is the this is the the Browns chance. Uh, one of the few chances they'll have over the course of the next 10 years to beat Lamar Jackson. But I'll take the Ravens. I, I trust Lamar way more and I trust Harbaugh more than I trust Stefanski in this situation. Um, and it's it's really about Baker. If Baker was playing playing moderately well, then I could I could trust it, and they have a run game. I'm not even sure they're not banged up in there with their running backs. I'm not I'm not sure, but I'll take the Ravens wing, a, a tight one, like the first one. But he won't throw four picks again, so they're not getting that breach. I mean, I think it could be one of those you know grinded out games because they yeah. both have decent running games. You know, three, three running backs that are pretty good: Lamar, Nick Chubb, and Kareem Hunt going out there. Mm. So I think Browns, they can't let Baker lose this game. Kind of how Mac Jones wasn't allowed to lose that game on Monday night. Browns need to ride the run game and hopefully like this defense can get to Lamar a little bit, slow him up, and you win a game like 17 to 14. So I mean, it's not going to be a high-scoring game, but it all depends on how how these defenses play these quarterbacks. So that's the other thing, you know, even Matthew Judon joked about how Mac Jones didn't do anything, but 
not many other quarterbacks in this league that are rocking with throwing the ball three times. Not saying he has any juice to tell Bill Belichick, nah, I'm going to do an audible and throw. But still, you, you don't see that ever. The last time a team won with three passes completed was 1974. None of us was alive. We weren't even sperms yet. So it's been a while something like that happened. We got Dallas at Washington. Dallas has been on a decline. I know they won last week, but nobody believes in it. Washington has been on the rise again, just like last season. They made a run at the end of the year. Before we even talk about the game, do y'all think Washington football team has found their quarterback in Taylor Heineke? Maybe. I mean, it's it's too early to tell. I I'd lean towards no because I, I just think that he's riding like a hot streak right now. And they still need a better option in there. I don't know if they'll find it in this draft. He might just be a, a stopgap quarterback for them. But, I mean, he can win some games. He showed he can, regardless if it's pretty or not, he'll win some games for you. So I like the kid. I like the guy. Yeah, he, make, he makes plays. Uh, I'm not ready to say that they that they did that they didn't find their guy. They might have. I mean, seriously, I, I don't I don't know. I mean, this year is perfect for them because there's no great quarterback in this draft. I know for a fact, you know, we all know that they're looking for a quarterback aggressively. So I don't think they believe they found their guy. That might answer your question. They they don't believe they found their guy because and I think the playoffs will determine it. I think they think they're gonna get in, which they probably will. And I think that they they're like, hey, let's see how let's see if he can win a playoff game. Can you win a playoff game? And then we'll make a determination from there. But they're likely to draft him Malik Willis or Kenny or um, my guy, my guy, Kenny Pickett. They're, they're only draft on the low guys. So uh, they don't they don't believe they found their guy. So I guess I won't. But he's good. <laughs> he's good. He's not bad. He makes plays. He does some things. He does some things that I wish Daniel Jones showed me more often. I mean, for real, like that, that guy can can really play. So, I mean, overall about this game, I am looking forward to it. Since I can't get any enjoyment out of this season, I, I'm going to enjoy the fact that the, the Cowboys fans will get crushed again because this is, this is setting up nicely. This is setting up really nicely. This is the kind of game the Cowboys lose. This is the, and Antonio knows, as a, as a reformed, um, off-that-narcotic Cowboys fan, he knows all too well that this is the kind of game they lose. This is, the, this is a game like the classic NFC showdown late in the season. They lose this game. They lose it. So I, I fully expect the Cowboys to lose. Uh, it's a question of how much they lose by. I think it'll be close. It'll be a, a good, a really good game to watch. I, I, I intend on watching it since the Giants aren't giving me anything to watch anyways. I'd rather watch them than watch Mike Glennon. So I'll be watching that and I'll be tuned in. But I think that they're going to lose. I think they're going to lose. I think the, the Redskins are going to do a good job running the ball. Their defense is coming alive. They're playing better football defensively. And they're going to they're gonna get pressure on the passer. I mean, I know they don't have Chase Young, but they still have a good front. They still have a good front with plenty of pass rushers up there and guys who can stop the run. Um, so yeah, I, I feel good about Washington's chances and ultimately even maybe even winning the division, the Cowboys just have left the door open, you know, they, I, I mean, but, and look, the Cowboys should win the division. Miles has a look on his face. Yes, they should win. Are they though? <laughs> Can we say definitively the Cowboys are going to win that division? I, I just don't know. I'm serious. I, I don't trust. I don't trust them. I don't trust them at all. They are true artists. Yeah. Yeah. Rick Miller did that in New York. He was talking about the Knicks, but he was referencing the Cowboys too without him knowing. This, this, this is Cowboys Nation. They they choke a lot over there. 
there's games they shouldn't have lost this year. So when they played Washington now, it wouldn't matter whether they lost or won. Now, y'all got to win. Now it's every every game here on out because how Washington is playing is a must-win game for y'all because y'all mess around and lose a couple more. Y'all going to be at home sitting next to me, Zeke eating his cereal. <laughs> Dak not standing up for black folk sitting right next to me <laughs> watching Washington play their game. And I think because of how weak the draft is this year and there's not that many options going to be for free agency or through trade for quarterback, you might rock out with Taylor Heineke at least for another year. I think so. We don't know. We don't know with the Sean Washington, with that whole situation, he might be indicted in the new year they're talking about. We already heard. We, we know Russell Wilson don't want to go there. We know he wants to go to, he wants to go to their rival. <laughs> Yo, there's only a silver lining. I don't even want to talk about that or not, but there's a silver lining. So the the quarterback options are few, like they're just few and far between. So I exactly. I think Taylor Heineke will be their starter next year, and he's and he's earned it, and he's earned it. Honestly, he he really has earned it. So um, I'm, I'm happy. Out mentioned though, we we could dive dive into that real quick. Out of the three teams mentioned though, for us, Giants, Saints. What was the third team? Broncos. Mm-hmm. I believe so. Everybody, right everybody, surprisingly, has agreed with Greg on the poll. They have voted that the Giants would be the best team for Russ to go to. I don't believe that. I don't even believe that he that the Giants are the best team he could go to. Yeah, it's obviously New Orleans, but I, 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 I mean, I would love. To, it's, it's where I want to see him. I, I want to see him here, and I think the Giants can offer the most interesting package. We have two. We have two. Top 10 picks lined up. Now, I don't want to give them both up. I'll give you a first. I'll give you Saquon. And I'll give you Daniel Jones. I'll give you all. I'll give you those two. I'll give it to you. I Take them. I, seriously, I'm, I'm good. Uh, uh, but I'll give you, I'll give them whatever they want for Russell Wilson. In all seriousness, I, I, I don't know how you address the offensive line, but the Giants have a lot of picks in this year, this year's upcoming draft with no cap space to really sign everybody. They're going to have to let go of some good players. So I know Miles over here, like, you know, he's, Greg's off in, in, in whatever land, but it's a, it's a possibility, yo. It's a real it's a possibility. And I told, and you know what's so crazy? During the summer, the list came out and the list was totally different. It was, I think New Orleans was still on there, but the Cowboys were on there and a couple other teams were on there. Um that he, he his wanted to wife. His wife wants to be in New York. I said it on the show. There's old tape somewhere, I swear, where I've been like, yo, Sierra wants to be in New York. So I think the Giants, people look at those three those three teams and they think, oh, New Orleans is probably the number one team on his list, right? I mean, or or well, the Broncos are because the Broncos are they're both really good at football. This isn't just a football decision. This is a business decision. I may want to be on Louis Vuitton commercials. I may want to be, she want to be on Victoria's Secret commercials and all that. They want to be, you know, they want to be riding horses. You want to be on Old Spice commercials and all that stuff. Guess where you do that at? You do it in New York. So I think the Giants are a legitimate, legitimate option that we're going to, noise is going to get louder. As, it's, as we, as we boil down and Giants fans are over it. I mean, everyone can go like for real. And, and I'm at at that point too. Dan, Daniel Jones, I, I I feel bad for him. I, the Giants didn't give him a fair didn't give him a fair shake in New York. They did not. They but that I don't that don't mean I think he sucks, Miles. I'm not admitting that I was wrong about Daniel Jones, but he could be. He could be good. And for, I think if I trade him to Seattle, Seattle's like getting a good little deal here. They're getting a good quarterback who they can who they can play for the next three years and they can see what it is and they can fix their whole line and give him a chance, unlike the Giants, and see what he is. I think he can be a good player. But nonetheless, forget that. You talk about Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson in New York, I think, I think is a real, real, real possibility. And if the Giants got to pull the trigger on that trade, new GM, Joe, Joe, 
you're probably going to keep Joe Judge, unfortunately. I don't want to keep Joe Judge. Um, but you're probably going to keep him. He's fired, honestly. I'm... He should be fired. I totally agree. I don't know that he will be. He should be fired for two reasons. His fourth down decision-making, he's a coward on fourth down. He lost the Giants the game last weekend when they could have won that game, even with Glennon, when they could have gone forward and fourth down from the 43, down 6-10, to 10, and he kicked it away. It was fourth and two. They didn't do it. That's fireable offense. He's done it multiple times. He lost his game in Washington earlier this year, not going forward on fourth down. Same thing. We lost by one point. Those are because we, we hit the field goal in that game. We could have won that game. He, he, he plays not to lose. He should be fired for that. And his timeout management is horrible. He called the timeout at the end of the first quarter in that game. That makes no sense. The, the clock, it was six seconds left. Why are you calling timeout? He makes my head hurt. He needs to go. And, and but he, I don't know that he will. The Giants are so conservative about this stuff. They need to blow it all up. Every, the Giants have the most people on IR in the league. The most guys hurt in the league. The medical staff has to go. Everyone, fire everyone. Fire everyone. Everyone has to go and just, and just start over again. Start anew. But I don't know that they will do that. But I do think Russell Wilson is a perfect way to kind of help us help us get that, that get back in a good mood here in New York again. So, I, of course, I, I hmm? you're a, you're a franchise quarterback, and you get your chaplain in one. <laughs> well, no, exactly. You, you get a franchise quarterback. If we get Russell Wilson for the next ten years or whatever, how long he'll play? I feel real good about it. For real, I think it's a real chance he comes here. Hey, if he if he goes to New York. You were signing off right now. That would be the best quarterback in New York Giants history. <sighs> Don't do that. <laughs> yeah, we got yeah, to... crazy, man. That, that was so we disrespectful. Got... They're so disrespectful, yo. <laughs> yeah, we got we got the Rams at Arizona. That will be our Monday night game. How we see that one going? This is, I think, a must win for the Rams, um, we're still seeing them figure out Odell. Um, he got five targets. It was only two or three catches. He had a touchdown, but they're still trying to figure that out. For them, in regards to the playoff race and trying to have a higher seed possibly, I think they need to, sooner than later, they got to figure this out on offense. How y'all see this one going? Rams, Rams versus Cardinals on Monday. I didn't even know that was a game. I, I, I didn't know that game was happening, but I'm excited now just hearing about it. That that's a great game. Um I gotta take the Cardinals. I I want the Rams to have success. I want the Rams to be really good. I want I want to see Odell get a ring, but down the line, and I hope they figure this thing out. But the Cardinals are just too good. I don't know. My I don't know. Miles, do you feel different? I like break without breaking down X's and O's. I think the Cardinals are the, are the most complete team in football. They can play any style. They can run the ball. They can throw the ball short. They can throw it long. Kyle, Kyle Murray is plant is the second, third, third best quarterback in football. Top three quarterback in the game, and he's back. And they went down, went out there and kicked the, kicked on the Bears last week, which I thank them for. But yeah, I mean, I I, I feel good about the, that game going the Cardinals' way. And I don't think the first game was a fluke. I really don't. I really don't. They they beat up on them last time. I mean, it all comes down to are these big name pieces on the Rams defense going to show up and yeah. wreck this game? Because I mean, they, I mean, you almost forget that they have Von Miller out there, along with Aaron Donald, along with Jalen Ramsey. So I mean, what am I missing? They shouldn't be losing some of these games that that they've been losing, and giving up the amount of points they've been giving up because they got stars. Like this is a team that. 
they've just bring they've been bringing star after star on this team like Odell I don't know if we can call him a star anymore but he's he's still a really good player in this in this league so even though they lost Robert Woods you replace him with Odell Beckham like how many teams are able to do that so they need to start stepping it up Matthew Stafford needs to step up because they brought him in here to bring them to a Super Bowl because they made one with Jared Goff and that should tell you all you need to know is that they made a Super Bowl run with Jared Goff. So Matt Stafford has a lot riding on this season. There's a lot of pressure on him to perform because the big thing with him was that in Detroit, he didn't have a supporting cast. Well, I mean, you can look up and down the sideline. He's never been more supported in his career. So I'm going to pick the Rams. I'm going to be the eyeball and pick the Rams and think that this could be the game that you know, jump starts their season again. I hope he's right. <laughs> I hope he's right. Oh, in order for the Rams to win, they're gonna have to get they're gonna have to get Odell like ten touches. Good luck. They're waiting Matthew, on it, but they got though. So Matthew Stafford is the person that came into money and know not to act. Facts. He he has a bevy of riches and support, as Miles just mentioned, and this man can't get the Detroit out of his system. It is just. It's worse than COVID for him. He got <laughs> and there's no vaccine for that Detroit him. It's, it's still coming out. Calvin Johnson somewhere watching. Like I try to tell y'all, he played a factor in me retiring too. I try. I tried to tell y'all that wasn't that that great. I made him look good. Like I keep, keep trying to tell y'all that. <laughs> you know how good he has it. He he was walking on the eight mile and now he's on Hollywood Boulevard. So I think he should be playing a lot better than he's been these last couple of weeks. Better weather. He ain't got to deal with the cold and all that. Worst he got to deal with is an earthquake every every couple of weeks. <laughs> Yo, he you can't you can't be high, as highly regarded as he is and not be able to win games when your run game is not working. You should be able to give you the ball. And if, you, if you throw the ball 50 times, you should be able to make enough plays to win the game. And he hasn't done that. And that is the scary thing about him. I I I'm, I kind of feel like he 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 smells Kirk Cousins to me. It it's it, he's just more talented. I think the thing is, and we'll transition. We just got to be honest. It's because he's a white quarterback. Because if we put a Lamar Jackson, a Kyler Murray, in the same situation in Detroit, it's not oh he has a bad system. It's oh maybe we got questions with him at quarterback. Yes, Stafford has some talent, but let's not be fooled. Part of it of him getting this continual pass, especially as being in a number one pick, is because he is a white quarterback. And of course, they just got they just need another chance to get it all, put it all together. It's it's really there. I promise you, it's really there. And then we saw the tape, we saw the film, we saw this back at college. Nah. It takes them, it takes them five, six years for them to be like, ah, yeah, he sucked. Black quarterback in about two, three years. Yeah, we got to get this nigger out of here. Saw how fast they got Dwayne. Dwayne. Uh, <laughs> saw how fast they got Dwayne Haskins out of there. Yo, it, 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 if you don't believe in white privileges as a listener for quarterbacks, look no further than Tim Tebow and tell me that's not white privilege. Dwayne they signed him again. And Dwayne Haskins. Tim Tebow. Perfect example. Bugging too, because Pittsburgh, I'm pretty sure y'all saw this too, like a couple weeks ago when. Ben was out. 
he was supposed to start, and they said he was doing so terrible in warmups. Like Dwayne, Dwayne is Terry. Dwayne is he's not a good representation for no. a black quarterback. They said that they said the coaches were watching, and was like, "Is no." And warm-ups. Yo, and they warm-ups. punctured Tyrod Taylor's lung. <laughs> what are we talking about? They punctured his lung. They they punctured his lung. That's not a that's not a conspiracy. That they punctured his lung so Justin Herbert would start. That's exactly what happened. I think he would tell you that. But if I think the reason why he hasn't said anything is because he doesn't want to get blackballed the league. I guarantee you. That, how do they miss? They miss with the needle bra and they punctured his lung instead. Give me a break. Well, We'll see in uh, once we retire, like two years after we retire, we'll see a, a Netflix documentary on Tyrod Taylor purposely punctured heart documents <laughs> and him talking about It'd it. It'd be a good one. It's like yeah. RG3 coming out with that book about the, the stupid uh, dead skins. Mm-hmm. I think that's a little this bit. It's going to be a good book. I'm about I'm to I'm order that book. Yeah, you let me know how it is. You let me know how it is. <laughs> Cap of facts. Alabama wins the college football playoffs. Oh, facts. A college football is no fun. I, I the only I I like that kid. Uh, his name is R.J. Young, the, the 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 quarterback from Alabama. He he. he I'm, right. I'm saying like I'm asking I'm asking a question, but I'm I, I, the kid is talented. The kid is really talented. Um, I, he, if he was going in this year's class, I want the, I'd want him on my team right now. I think he's the number one pick in whatever draft class he goes in. He can make all the throws, and he runs the ball well. He kind of reminds me of a of like a cross between a, a Russell Wilson and a, and a Aaron Rodgers, like. But you know, like and that's high praise. But like just on the college level, I don't need to be in the NFL. But just the way he looks in these games, like God, he looks good. He he, he is. I have they they haven't had a quarterback this good in Alabama. I've never seen it like this. Tua as good as he was. It was limited. As, as good as Mac Jones was, McCorkle was limited. So with with your guy, with this guy RJ, I, I I don't see any holes. I don't see any holes. He is the truth, and he and he's clutch too. Like he does it in big moments. They're gonna win. They're gonna win the whole thing. He shredded Georgia. Georgia looked like there was no one was ever gonna score on him ever again at, at some point in the season, and he shredded them up last week. Uh, last weekend or so. So yeah, I I feel good about them winning the whole thing. And since he's in for a rough one, Cincinnati, Miles. Do you think Bryce Young has the ability to change the narrative that no good quarterbacks come from Alabama? You think it's Bryce Young? Damn, my bad. <laughs> you got <laughs> That's why. Um, <laughs> possibly. I mean, we'll see. Because, I mean, Tua, everybody was raving about him and all this tank for Tua talk. So, although Tua's playing well, so... Maybe he's the one to stop this narrative about Alabama quarterbacks, but I think Bryce Young, he's got a stronger arm. He's a little more mobile. So I think when he comes into the league, he's only a freshman. So if he wants, he can stay two more years, develop a little more, put on some muscle and come out more ready for the NFL. Cause I don't know if he's ready for the NFL yet. Like they, everybody was crowning Trevor, Trevor Lawrence ready to come out after his freshman year. And he's, you know, he's had an up and down rookie season. So we'll see. It, it all depends on where he goes too, because that's the one thing that you can't control in the NFL is if you're a really good player, you're going to a really bad team. It's not, 
There's no other choice. Paolo Banchero is the best player in college basketball thus far. Cap effects. Mm. Cap. He's good. He's really good. He's number. I think he's the number one pick. I. I don't know. There's some really special guys. I saw Jaden, a guy named Jaden Ivy at Perdana Purdue. Purdue. He looks yeah. like a. He looks like a John Morant cut, cut carbon copy. It is crazy. And if any jo, any guy who looks like John Morant, that guy can go number one too. There's a guy, uh, Patrick Baldwin Jr., uh, up in Milwaukee. He's only in Milwaukee because his dad covers there. Also, be at a Duke or something like that. Special, special talent too. A lot of talent. This year. Chet Chet Holman's talented, talented too, but he's not. He's not. I don't think he's. He's not the best. He's not the best player in this class. But there are a lot of talented guys in this in this class. I, so I, I mean, he's better, but not by a large margin. And and I can see when we get closer and closer to this NBA, to the NBA draft, I can see another guy taking taking that spot, like a like an Ivy from from um, Purdue. There's other guys I'm probably not giving credit to. What were you thinking, Miles? Miles, who you like so far this season? It's between Paolo. I was going to say Ivy, too, because I've been following Purdue a little bit. And, I mean, that Purdue team is stacked, one. Mm. And, two, I mean, I saw him last year, and I thought he could come out and be, like, a top 15 pick. But he came back, and, I mean, that helps guys to stay another year in college. Sometimes you're not ready to, to come out yet. And I think he's going to be one of those cases that he'll be a top five pick this year. I mean, he's 6'4", explosive as hell, so – that's my favorite player right now. Last one for Kappa Facts. The Eagles should consider starting Gardner Mishy over. Cap. I'm not going down this Minshew road. I don't want to hear about this. <laughs> one, he did against the Jets. So it's not like we put up too much of a fight stopping them. Like we, It was a struggle in the second half. And Jalen Hurts has been playing well just because he had one bad start against the Giants the week before. Now he can't – he's going to lose his job after he's been, you know, this is technically like his rookie season. He's kind of been getting better as the season's going on. So I don't I don't think so. I mean, you've got enough tape on Gardner Minshew to see whether or not he should be your guy going forward and – He's been backing them up all season. I don't think that should change. I, I yeah, I'm I'm with Miles. I'll, I'll I'll concede. I this is the perfect storm. I think Gardner could could easily take his job. I'm not surprised. Yeah. I figured if he beat the Jets, he probably will. But I don't think he should. I think you should rock out with Jalen Hurts. He adds to your run game, and that's the strength of the football team is the run game. I know Gardner Minshew was more accurate than Jalen was for a week but Jalen can play and I, and I think you have to give him a chance to do that if you look I, I think the Eagles were always looking for a reason to kind of be out on Jalen anyways the, the Eagles never wanted this Jalen to work out this was never the plan um they they've never really been overly confident about Jalen's abilities out in public you all the reports you hear is about how they're you know interested in quarterbacks right you you talk and you say although you know if Jalen doesn't play well this week he'll be in the market for a quarterback that's all you ever hear about them so and this is all manifesting itself in a way where this is just how they felt from the very beginning. And if they could find a guy who could do the job better than Jalen, they were going to, they were going to put him in a position to play period. Um, or at least a guy who looks remotely close. Right. And, and, you know, it's a perfect storm. Jalen, Jalen Hurts came up with terrible, his worst game ever 
maybe in his life against the Giants. And then, you know, Gardner Mitchell goes out there and beats up on the Jets. Really isn't fair. I mean, I, I think I think Jalen would have played better against the Jets. Sorry, sorry, Miles. But I think he would have played better if he played the Jets too. So I don't think this is fair um, at all. And, you know, the Giants team was balling out. They played good. They've been playing better football. It's just everything else that sucks. So, you know, it, it is it is what it is. I, 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 do, I think he could lose his job. He should not lose his job, though. They should rock out with him. Um, I, think, I think the guy's a winner. But okay. what, what do we know? Yeah, you mentioned earlier when you talked about certain teams having to blow things up, they should just start over. You mentioned specifically the Giants, fire everybody. I think the same should be said of the Blazers. Neil O'Shea got fired. Dame, it's reports of him wanting Ben Simmons in Portland. It's reports of him wanting out. And of course, everybody in the world that's a reporter is lying on Dame. None of the reports are real. It's all BS according to Dame. They're just making it up. And they all, all the reporters came and met in a room and said, let's lie on Dame. What are y'all takes on this Portland situation as a whole, as the organization? We have reports coming out. Players are not happy with Chauncey Billups, who was a first year coach. Some are saying he's on the hot seat already. What's your takes on what's going on in Portland? That's messy. What were you saying, Molly? Go ahead. What were you saying? It's a messy situation right now because, one, you got players who have to answer questions about whether Dame wants to be here or not. CJ's got to answer questions about, oh, Ben Simmons, you could be traded to Philly. You got to uproot your family that you've you know, built in this place for over 10 years now. So it's kind of a messy situation. You bring Chauncey Billups, who I don't even know if he was ready to be a head coach or not, but he's kind of shaking up that team. And I was reading an article the other day, and they were talking about how his style of play and offense is completely different from Terry Stotts. Like, he let CJ and Dame, you know, do their own thing. And now uh, Chauncey's asking them to do – something different, you know, play within the system. You don't, you can't just play like you're, you're playing pickup ball anymore. You got to play within the system. So you've seen CJ's numbers go down. Dame's numbers for sure have gone down this year. And I'm sure he's not happy about the way things are going. And if you look at it, they're losing. They're not winning games with this new system. I get it. Dame's been out and now CJ's been out, but like at this point, you just fired the GM for another messy situation. So now you got this whole dark cloud hanging over Portland for that. Like the, the one thing they can do, which they've been avoiding is you got to trade some of these guys and get pieces for the future. Cause one, you can only be so loyal, like all these companies and all these teams, they're loyal until you know, they're not getting anything out of it. And right now they're not getting anything out of it. Like the Western Conference has jumped up. Like the Suns are a lot better. Mavericks are a lot better. Clippers are going to be a lot better. Lakers, all these teams are so much better than Portland. And they've been skating by, you know, getting a six seed, seven seed all these years. And this team is not a playoff team right now. So what, you're going to ride out with Dame, what, you're going to give him an extension because he's been so loyal? 
And then what? Five years later, you're just looking at a shell of himself and you could have gotten something for him. You could have gotten picks. You could have gotten other pieces that you can build around. Like you got Anthony Simons, who's, he's really good, but he's playing off the bench right now. You could honestly trade pieces, build around him, see what you got there. Cause I think he's really good. But at this point, like if I'm CJ, I don't know how loyal I'd be. I'd be, you know, behind the scenes working my magic to get out of here because clearly this is not a place that really wants me here right now. If rumors are flying, that means someone's saying something around the organization. So I don't know. It's, it's a messy situation, like I said. If I'm Portland too, whatever GM is coming in, and I know that's part of the GMs coming in, they're going to want to know if they have permission to trade game. You have... And Greg, Maj, I might disagree, but you got me all the way jacked up. You think I'm giving Dame a two-year extension where he's getting $53 million a year? <laughs> you are smoking crack. That's, to me, to me, that's the point. Blazers, oh, yeah, we're loyal. We love each other. That's where we have Jalen Rose and Molly. Look, this is not going to work. We, <laughs> or, I know we both were saying that we wanted to make it work. Fine, Dame. You can stay loyal to us, but we're going to get you out of here. You want what? That's the plot twist. That's the plot. I was waiting for the plot twist of this whole thing. The plot twist. There's two plot twists that happened. One, CJ being unhappy. That's, that's, I didn't see that coming. That's huge. And great news for me and the rest of the NBA, because I've, I have, we have been talking about the, the Blazers for a while on this podcast and talking about how they need to break up that marriage between Dame and CJ. This is it. This is the window right here. You, got, you have to do it. The problem is you might lose them both. That's not good. But the the thing about this whole thing that's crazy to me is the front office not wanting to give Dame the money. That That's the whole thing. So this is what we talk about with small market teams. The NBA wants parity and all this stuff, but you guys don't want to pay these guys the big bucks. And listen, I get it. You don't. You may not want to pay Dame $52 million a year when he's 35 and 36. Fine, I understand that. Anybody with with, with some common sense can, can, can make an argument against that. I, I understand. If you're Portland, you do it you do it to maintain relevancy the stars make this league it's not about the brand no one cares about the portland trailblazers no one cares outside of portland who cares i i'm gonna give you the same speech i give chris every single time he comes on no one cares about the Bengals. you pay joe burrow no one cares about the Bengals. you pay uh, uh, what's his name mixon you pay chase it's the same it's, it's the same logic you apply here in this sport it's no different you have to maintain relevancy in the NBA. Damian Lillard is the most notable player you've ever had, you've had since Brandon Roy. And I'd argue that Brandon Roy wasn't even that famous, which is sad because he was great. That's what irritates me about that. But it, it, they don't want to pay him. So this, this opens up a window here. They're going to trade him. And it's, it might even be against his will because it seems like he wants to stay and make it work. But he's not going to come up with a demand. And, and I also think he's full of it. I think he's full of it. I think he's just, I think you're, I think Tony, you're right. Yes. They're not just, the, the reporters are paid to do a job. They're not just pulling stuff out of their behind. They know what they're talking about. If they, they're smoke, where there's smoke, there's fire. They're hearing things that this guy, they're reading the tea leaves. They know this guy wants out. And why would he not? This team sucks. They, know, they don't align with his clock. He's in his thirties. He was a guy who played college basketball for four years. So his clock was already accelerated. They're not, when they're not competitive and you're aging, you need to go somewhere where you can go win now, like win now. So it's, it's he's going to be out of there. We, we, I think that we can all say, safely say he's going to be gone. But now I think the crazy thing about all this is CJ will be gone too. So where do they go? 
right? Now we get to have some fun. We do. We, we get to pull up the trade machine. Where do they go and who who gets them and what team gets better by getting their services? Because the Warriors look damn good and they're about to add Clay back. Teams need to reload. <laughs> I need to reload. I'm a, As a Nets fan, we need to reload. I'm interested in the calm services. So name your price. I got a, I got a vegan guy. I got a, a guy waiting for an impossible vaccine who can go play for you right now. So let, let's make this happen. That's that's what I'm saying. But it's it's a plot twist. This is this is why the NBA is also the greatest league in the world. I don't, the NFL may be, you know, and many is king, whatever, whatever. This is what they don't have this player movement, the drama behind the scenes, you know, all they had in common is, is racist owners. That's it. Outside of that. You you got all this you got all this great drama you got it's days of our lives in the NBA it's crazy like this this is insane. It really is. It really is, and I agree. In regards of because they have no relevancy, they have no choice but to pay them. But at this point, they're not gonna pay them. (laughs) Blow this whole blow this whole thing up. You have a new coach. You have if y'all want Chauncey Billups to actually have some type of success, blow this whole thing up. Let them get hit. Let them get some new players and some new blood in. As Miles has mentioned, Damon CJ is both stuck in the ways of how they played when they were playing with the coach previously. So you trying to bring in a whole new system with veteran players, teach them, play this way, blow the whole thing up, blow it all up, get a new GM in there, get some new players in, get some new blood. Just forget this season. Y'all wasn't going to do anything. And they should have honestly blew this up years ago. Portland has been that in the middle pack team for years now. You don't want to Even with them making the Western Conference Finals, did anybody think that they really were going to do anything? Did, they, did anybody for one second think they were going to get out the Western Conference that year when they made it? Not for one second. But you go from Western Conference Finals to now – you guys look like y'all could barely complete with West Orange High School basketball team. Uh, Blow it up. Basketball is so predictable. Basketball is so predictable. When you're a middle of the pack team, you, you, people usually write about you. The teams we think are going to win a championship this year, they're probably – how many teams really have a chance to win a championship this year? The Lakers have a chance. I don't care what anyone says. The Lakers have a chance. I believe it. Yeah. The Lakers have a chance. The Nets have a chance. The Suns have a chance. The Bucks have a chance. I don't believe anyone else. Oh, and the Warriors. Excuse me, the Warriors. Okay, yes, yes. The Warriors are a new ad. I didn't I didn't see this coming. I didn't see Poole averaging 22 points coming out of nowhere. And people make it about Steph. It's really about the other guys, I swear. It we we talk we we're talking about Steph for MVP and all that stuff. You talk about the other guys in that team. They the GM did a, Bob Myers did outdid himself with this team this time and Poole and his ascension. But whatever, different story for a different day. We can talk about that later. Point is, there's five teams we can win that can win a championship. So when there's only five teams we think can win a championship, and when basketball is this predictable, yo, you gotta move off things quick. You gotta move off things. If you're not, if you're not in a place where you're rebuilding and adding assets, and maybe you'll hit the goal mine and get and draft a great young player like Apollo or or Jaden Ivy or something like that to restart your franchise, like the, like the like Memphis has done. You know, if you're not in that position, you're not you're losing. You you can be in, getting in the like the Pacers, for example. It's, a, it's so smart to blow it up. It's genius. Blow it up. You're a middle-of-the-pack team. You've been a middle-of-the-pack team since I was a kid. Since I was like 10, with even with Paul George and them dudes, you've been middle-of-the-pack. No, it doesn't It doesn't make a difference. You need to be a team that either is competing for a championship or rebuilding. A middle-of-the-pack team gets you nowhere. You don't even get good picks. It's hard It's hard to rebuild that way. So you go all or nothing. You go. All, it really gives that in the NBA. It's really all there is to it. You're, you're penalized for not going all or nothing. 
But Paul George, speaking of Indiana, Paul George alluded to it. They comfortable where they at. Even even when let's say they blow it up, they get rid of Levert, they get rid of Brogdon, they get rid of Sabonis, and they get rid of Turner. They're still gonna be a middle of pack team. And those and guys will go win somewhere else. Yes, there will be. They'll be. They'll be a horrible basketball team for a while. What they're hoping they can do is get some draft picks back and and hit the lottery with one of these great young up and coming players. And, and, and like a John Morant type, because with the Grizzlies, the Grizzlies are the are the model they're trying to follow. If you think about it, it was Zach Randolph, Marcus Saul, Mike Conley, trade them all away. Trade them. All. We were in the playoffs, in the playoffs every year, consistent grit and grind, grit and grind our way into the second round and get bounced. That was it every year. They got tired of it. They're like, well, this is doing us no good. We're just selling some tickets out here in Tennessee. But people are more interested in barbecue than our team. So let's let's move let's 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 figure this out. Let's 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 go try to get a, a young star. We trade everybody, we trade everybody, we hit the lottery, we get John Morant. Now you're set for the next 10, 15 years. You're not just a team that Memphis cares about. Now all of a sudden barbecue doesn't matter. Now all of a sudden rock and roll is less important. Now your team matters and people care about the Memphis Grizzlies. Now you're on ESPN because people want to watch one of the best young players in basketball. That's what Indiana's hoping can happen. It takes a good jam to pull it off, and it takes a little bit of luck, a lot of luck. You know, as we can see, the Knicks haven't had that luck. You see what I'm saying? Like, teams have to have luck to make it happen. It's very true. So, Miles, I- I'm serious. It-, it takes, you know it takes luck. The Cavs had luck getting LeBron James. You know what I mean? But it- it's the game you play in the NBA. And you don't have to believe me or Tone or Miles when we say it. Just look at how teams how teams on the NBA think and how they do things. Eventually, being middle of the pack, is, is, is not cute anymore. It's why I tell Knicks fans, you can trade for Damian Little tomorrow. You do whatever you can to get him because you want to be competing. That's why what the Nets did, I loved it. Even I'll take the risk on Kyrie. I'll take the risk. I want to be competing for a championship. I, being middle of the pack with D'Angelo Russell and Stenson Dinwiddie, it was cute. But it got all, you, have to, you have to be competing for a championship or be rebuilding and adding assets. That's the way you are in the NBA. There's the in-between, it sucks. I think the thing, though, with Indiana before we transition, I think this is going to get blown up from jump because of Rick Carlisle. Nobody on that team really fits the style that he wants to play. Karis LeVert, two ball down. He want, Rick Carlisle wants a Luka Doncic type, and that's not there really. So from jump, I could see that was going to get blown up regardless. No, None of the players really fit his system of what he want to do. This is about Rick Carlisle, honestly, with Indiana. I still don't think they win. Rick Carlisle, when he was in Dallas, my boy, you was comfortable not winning either over there, too, because you was just doing Luka Doncic, one and one on five. Everybody move out the way. Porzingis standing in the corner, Hardaway, you standing in the corner, and that's our offense and defense. What's that? They're not trying to win in Indiana either. Neither is Rick Carlisle. He has his championship. He's straight. He's good. He's going to the Hall of Fame. He's getting another bag in Indiana. They don't care about it over there. Same thing. Flag on the play. We'll start off with this one. Kyrie allegedly wants to take a plant-based vaccine to return to play with the Nets. Accept or decline. Let me this to Greg because this is his boy. This your problem. It's, I mean, accepting it. It's, it's, the whole article got me so mad. It wasn't even that he wants to come back. I think too it was he'd consider coming back if it was a plant-based vaccine that's in the works right now. I think in China and Canada, and it won't it won't hit the open market possibly until March 2022. 
I don't even care anymore. Like, I'm at the point where I don't care anymore. The article said the guy's happy. He's working out. He's spending time with the immediate family. So if Kyrie's so happy not playing basketball, I don't want to be the I don't want to be the just retire person. I hate I hated those people so much. I hated everyone who was saying just retire. I hated them. I really do. I think I still hate them. But I, I don't I don't know what else to say. Like I, I don't I don't get it. Like you watch for what does he even watch Nets games? Like I, I was thinking that I was thinking this the other day. Like watching James Harden go out there shoot like three for twenty or something like that. Does he even watch Nets games? Like I I really wonder. Like, I really do. He hasn't even, like, posted on his Instagram so, like, a picture of, like, the Nets playing and be like, yo, KD, great game. I haven't seen anything. Nothing. Do you even care anymore? Like, that's that's my that's, that's really my thing. Like, I, he just comes off as incredibly selfish. Like, yes, you you did you did the right thing in terms of telling us the truth about it because you can be Antonio Brown, you can be Aaron Rodgers and lie. At least he didn't lie to us about his stupidity. But, I mean, it, it – it, it comes off as incredibly selfish and it hits me different because I'm an S fan. Sure. But I think to everyone, he looks crazy. Um, whether the plant-based vaccine thing, I don't think it's going to end up mattering to answer the question because he won't be here. The Nets can't wait till March for him to come back. They just can't like they, they, if you want to win a championship, they're going to have to make some moves. Sabonis is out there. You know, there are guys out there that are good. Miles Turner is out there. McCom could be out there. Um, I, I'm, I'm trading, I'm trading them. I'm trading. It, it's the smart play. It's the, it's the really, it's the smart play. It's the only play. And I can't rely on Harden to be himself right now. I don't know when, when, when that tide's going to turn, I'm getting worried. We're a fourth of the way through the season and he just isn't shooting the ball well at all. And it, it really does boil down to shooting and, and being in shape is a big part of it too, of course, but he's not shooting it well when he was fat and making shots, no one cared. He's not making shots. That's the problem. He's not making shots. So that's an issue. So I, 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 we need to trade Kyrie regardless of whatever plant-based virus. I, mean, I don't care. You can go eat as many impossible burgers beyond meat. You can get the beyond vaccine. I don't, I don't care. It's all, it's all beyond me. You need to get out of, out of Brooklyn. That's, <laughs> that's, that's all I care about. Yo, if that's what you want to do, kudos to him. I think the Nets are still in the same mindset the front office, they don't care. So you could get the vaccine, you getting traded regardless. You're already um, unreliable. People have gotten fired for less. People get fired for being late to work. <laughs> you, uh, you just don't show was, up whenever you want. It was uh, a player that just got released today, I think, from somebody in NFL because he was late for his uh, COVID test or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, I heard about that. I heard about that. They're not playing around. Um, in the new year, if you go play the Raptors, you have to be vaccinated. So they're using it as an even more initiative. They said it's 97% of the NBA is vaccinated, but for that 3%, you're about to lose all the checks if you got to go play Canada. Over oh, there. man. These checks so. are huge, too, like 400K a game sometimes. It, it's crazy. It's crazy to me. Yo. People, like the, Kyrie's gone because he's proven he's unreliable already. And in any other line of work, you're fired. And in this line of work, you're fired for that. You, you, you're not fired, but you're, you're traded. Kyrie's just fortunate enough for Kyrie. He's a Hall of Fame talent who he'll survive this and can be traded and go play somewhere else. But it, that doesn't require a vaccine. But ultimately, at the end of the day, it's not going to matter because I think no matter, we're going to get to a point where every team in the league requires a vaccine to play. That's where we're headed. Canada's did it. with, the, with the, Obviously, that was a Canada stipulation. And the Raptors Raptor set that in place. I think every team in the league is going to require a vaccine, a vaccine for you to be even playing. And I think the NBA eventually will have a vaccine uh, policy in place. So I think Kyrie can, he should come and get these checks while he can. 
Because if you're going to die on this hill about the dead, not getting the vaccine, good luck. And that's and that goes to everybody who's not getting the vaccine, honestly, in life. My job letting people go for not getting the vax. Like, it's real. So good luck. Keep you Get your checks while you can, because I think they're going to real, real tighten up real soon, especially with this Omarion out here, not playing games with people. So <laughs> for real, it's get the vaccine. Get the vaccine. For real. Please, everybody. Last flag on the plane, last topic for the night. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar says LeBron's big balls dance childish and disrespectful and that kings don't dance. I will accept Kareem sounds like the old person sitting on the ports yelling to get off my grass. Bro, I don't understand and really comprehend the hate that LeBron gets from people of all ages and all generations and all races. I really don't get it. You didn't say nothing about anybody else doing it. Kobe did it. Kobe did it too. <laughs> Somebody who did it earlier to see Fred Van Vliet did it earlier this season already. Yeah. And he deserves come, to do it. That's a big shot. I'm you didn't come out with the, the your stupid glasses and the, yeah. So Fred Van Vliet last week did the big ball. Like you didn't do that. This comes off to me as just straight hate. I don't know if it's because you're mad because he's about to pass you on points. I don't know. You can't tell I me think that's that. what it is. You hit the, I was going to say that. It's okay. You can't tell me by mentioning the whole point at the end. Goats don't do this. Golly, can you hop off his jock trap? Like, come on, bro. Like, <laughs> come on, Kareem. You better pass him on points. He feels that pressure. You're supposed to be better than this, Kareem. You supposed this. He usually is. When, when Kareem says stuff, it's usually very profound. This is weird. This is weird. Also, I, I guess I'm not a GOAT because I definitely did that during one of my AAU games. A kid hit a shot, and I definitely did it. And he hit the shot, and I didn't even hit a shot, and I definitely did the big balls thing. And it was really – I'm glad what the parents did. I don't know if the parents noticed it or not. It, it seemed to go over well. I could have lost my job that day. I don't see how it's disrespectful to the other team, and I don't see how it's selfish, though. This is about – this is not about the other team. I hit a big shot. I ain't thinking about Indiana. Facts. What? The fans talking racist stuff to him. They, as far as I'm concerned, they can all hold this. You know what? <laughs> they were saying racist stuff. They talking about his, his son could die in a car crash. What? What else should they be holding besides his nuts? <laughs> I don't seriously make it make sense. I don't know how she's supposed to else. How else should he feel? He gotta. He, he can express emotion. That is what makes this sport fun. Don't turn this into the NFL where it's like the no fun league. Don't do that. Don't try to police this thing to the point. No, let guys express themselves. That that gesture. It's only disrespectful to the person it's directed to. For us, it's just fun. I'm not Chris Dorte. I'm not. I'm not Karis Levert. I'm not uh, Jane sitting in the 15th row at, at the at the game that day. That they should feel disrespected, not me. I can enjoy it. I mean, that's what makes the NBA great. It's the expression. It's the don't don't take that out of the game because that's what makes this sport the greatest sport in the world. It's the fun that these guys get to have on a nightly basis. I think it's the the bad part too because he said this is not what he would do. So if we go with that whole mindset in life of this is not what I would do. And we use that as the barometer to judge and to qualify things for being disrespectful to stand a third. What are we talking about here? Like, what are we talking about here? Because you wouldn't do this. We all know you are baritone boring as hell. Of course you wouldn't do that, Kareem. Of course you wouldn't do that, Kareem. Congratulations. Tim Duncan wouldn't do it either. Tim Duncan was boring as hell. He wouldn't do it. But Tim Duncan wouldn't say anything to do it either. My point exactly. Just because 
you don't think is right. And we do this in life. We see it on Instagram and Twitter all the time. You see somebody post something, you don't agree. There used to be a time period where we just keep scrolling. But no, we got a comment and you argue with somebody from over in South Dakota on a fake account, on a burner account, arguing in the tweets, arguing in the comments over on Shade Room about nonsense and the person don't know you. Thanks. That's what Kareem did essentially to me. Kareem went in the comments and was saying nonsense just to say nonsense. And honestly, nobody cared or asked anyway. So boiled down to. And no one cares that he said it either, honestly. I mean, I love Kareem and, and Kareem, all respect to him, legend and every and, and as a human being, not even as a basketball player, but yeah. What are we talking about? Well, what are we talking about? Seriously, yeah. I Kareem sound like he worked for Fox News doing that. Ma, do you have any takes on um, your light-skinned brother speaking up on LeBron? <laughs> uh, I don't have nothing to say about this. Man. I mean, it is what it is. Kareem, I feel like some of these guys who've been around for so long, like they're so well-respected that, you know, they feel like they can say certain things and not, you know, people don't take it a certain way. They don't, they can say like, oh, like Michael Jordan and LeBron, you guys aren't the GOATs. Like you guys didn't play with us and all that stuff. They can say stuff like that, wild stuff like that. But, you know, they have an issue with LeBron doing something. Like they, they act like he's the first person to ever do this. Like they've been doing this for years. I remember when Sam Cassell used to do it. I remember when guys in the 90s used to do it. Just because you didn't do it in your era when it was, you know, maybe not safe to do certain things on the court or off the court, doesn't mean like the game can't evolve. You can't have a little fun out there. Like like you said, you don't want to turn this into the, the no fun league. You want to be able to enjoy yourself out there. Facts. I don't know. I, I think Kareem's just, like you said, he might be a little salty right now even though i thought him him and brown were rocking together but i guess you know i feel like no one rocks a brown unfortunately they, they pride isn't so deep nowadays i guess <laughs> oh. i see your true colors <laughs> if, if i'm brown too don't i want that same energy when you see me don't do that enos freedom stuff and now we buddy buddy <laughs> do not do not pull up at the lakers game Try to talk to Bron and oh hey Bron, bro, keep that same energy. Why can't he be like Bill Russell? Bill Russell don't say nothing to nobody. Bill Russell don't bother Facts, nobody. He really doesn't. He pulls out the games. He might joke around at the NBA finals when he handed you your trophy and he'll tell you, yeah, I, if I was in this era, I'll bust your butt. That's as much Bill Russell gonna say. Mm. And we know he's joking it that way because Bill Russell know he ain't had no offensive game. He would he got that work in this era. Well, Russell mm. would have got. <laughs> Bill Russell would have just averaged. He would have been Dennis Rodman in his area. He would have got rebounds, and that's it. But Bill Russell would have got that word. Shaq would have demolished that man. <laughs> Respectfully, Shaq would have demolished that man. There's nobody. There's nobody. Shaq's not demolishing. Yeah. Tim Duncan would have demolished Bill Russell respectfully. Fact. But Bill Russell don't bother nobody. Kareem just be talking still. 
Bro, just we respect you. We appreciate you. And everything you've done, everything you've done for Black people, for Black athletes, but just (laughs) if you stay ready, you don't got to get ready. That's including you, Kareem. Bench mob, we out. Peace. Peace.